Welcome back to the Solace Music Podcast. This week's guest is Luke, who plays guitar and sings in the Dirty Nail. Luke, how's it going? I'm very well. How are you, Kyle? I'm very well myself. It's a cold day. I'm here in Brampton, Ontario. Where are you at? I'm in Hamilton, Ontario, so I'm just uh, it's up the road from you. Hamilton, yeah, just just down the 403 there. Um, now, is the whole band in Hamilton at this time? I know you guys are you're based in Dundas, Hamilton area, so are, they, are all the other guys there as well? Yeah, everybody lives in Hamilton now, yeah. Nice, nice. And did you guys all grow up in that area, or is that some somewhere you moved to? Or Kyle and I uh, grew up in Dundas. We were born in Dundas, uh, um, and Ross uh, grew up in St. Catharines. They're just just in that Niagara region there. So you know, just just down just down the road from here, about twenty minutes away. Um, but um, yeah, we're we're uh, we're from the. Uh, uh, I like to for, for for people that have never been to Dundas, which is most people out there. Um, I like to compare it to the Shire from Lord of the Rings. Gives you a pretty good idea of what it looks like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I nice don't know if I've green. ever been to Dundas. I've definitely driven like past it and familiar with Hamilton, but Dundas, not so much. Well, Dundas is geographically interesting because it's like right. Um, it's right in the kind of bottom of the escarpment um so it's got a lot of waterfalls and uh conservation area so it's 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 quite beautiful right on right on and being surrounded by such beauty um do you find yourself kind of like enjoying some time outdoors during this lockdown or have you been inside just focusing on kind of the band and the next steps what have you been up to bit of both but certainly um out walking around outside has always been a big part of my creative process and uh you know i'm fortunate enough to live in a beautiful part of the world um so yeah i, I live in westdale now in hamilton which is like the kind of the student uh, ghetto next to mac um and i have uh i have a I, i'm just i've just been skating a lot down at the at the uh um coots paradise um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of, when I'm working on songs and stuff, I'll, and I'm, I'm really trying to work with the words, I'll go for a walk and try and bounce them around. And I'm very, um, um, I don't know. I, I, I obsess about making lyrics as tight as I possibly can. I remember hearing Gord Downey say something like that about the lyrics and Bob Cage. And he's like, you know, when you have tight lyrics, like when it just, you know when you when you feel it, uh, or you, you can when you when you when you've got it, you know it. And uh, um, though it's sometimes you can't quite get it perfect, or at least in your own mind, like it's uh, it's something that I always kind of try and work on when I'm walking around. It's just kind of tinkering with songs. Right. So do you always find yourself kind of refining lyrics you've written and trying to make them the best they can be? Or do you ever have those times where you kind of can come up with like a whole song on the spot? No, I, I'm 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 very much so the former. The uh, I'm a tinkerer, I'm an obsessor. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just I love the spontaneous uh, experience of music um, when when it's going really well, and especially when you when something gets written that I didn't know I had in me or when we're just, when the band is rehearsing and something really cool happens that wasn't planned. That's awesome. That's the purest form of, 
of uh of rock and roll that i've experienced but i i don't depend on it i i, I have a pretty blue collar approach to the whole thing basically I, I i set my alarm clock and i wake up in the morning and i work on it and most days it doesn't really feel like progress has happened but then all of a sudden after about a year uh i got uh together with the band you know an album worth of songs um that i feel really pumped about um we we're not the kind of band that goes into the studio with like 30 song ideas or whatever we we go in with 12 songs and uh we feel awesome about all of them um we don't uh we don't um we we kind of hone in on a small crop that's just how i view music i just i'm more of a um i'm just a bit obsessive that way that's that's just my process right yeah because i definitely hear stories from other bands going to the studio with like 30 songs and then they have to like work on chopping it down from there and kind of picking the best of the best so yeah that's quite the different approach there yeah there's not many bands that i know of that i think are like our band and there's not a whole lot of bands that i know that are like our band where we've refused to kind of compromise on our process since the beginning of the band which you know we've been a band for coming up on 15 years now and um you know we started the band when we were 16 so the way that we the way that i prefer to work out music is you know i'll bring an idea i'll bring some parts sometimes i'll bring almost a full song sometimes it's just bits and I like to practice to just hammer away on it with uh, the guys um, and uh, arrange a song so that it sounds good in a shitty uh, concrete jam space with a blown out PA system before we even think about demoing it. It has to kick ass if we wanted to play it live first before we even start recording it or even demoing it. That's that's basically we arrange our songs to be played live and so it takes a long time sometimes to work out all the little bits and to try new things and all this stuff. Um but um I find it that's uh, it's and it drives me crazy sometimes, but it's the the way that um that's the way that our songs are crafted and something I'm I'll never compromise on. Right on. Yeah, and I've seen you guys a couple times now and you guys are a great live band of course tons of energy and i really find that you guys bring the song to life live so yeah it's a it's a very fair point that you're writing music to be played live yeah and it's not um we never you know we don't make a it's i think a lot of we different bands have different relationships with what recording is but what recording for us is a very um it's a very utilitarian, let's go in there and lay it down and sprinkle a little bit of fairy dust on it. But there's not a, we don't write in the studio or any of that stuff. Studio time's too expensive. So we, we, we do all, we do like 95% of the work before we uh, even set foot in the studio because I don't know, that's just how I prefer to have things. There's no, that way you don't have any duds. You just know that everything kicks ass. Uh, you know that, um, you know that you've done your homework. You know that you've done a good job. And, uh, um, you know, I, I understand and I, I, I respect the kind of more spontaneous let's go in there and work it out. But I think that just the way that I grew up and how recording used to be, it still is really expensive. But um, um, the way that the relationship that we had with recording, where it was this exotic and expensive thing, um, we've never really stopped viewing it that way. Um, it's not it's not play like it recording is a very you know let's get it done let's have fun while we're doing it of course but 
we're not there to fuck around, you know, when we're, when we're recording. Right on. And you definitely weren't fucking around at all when you released Fuck Art because that album is fantastic. So congratulations on the release of that. Oh, thanks, Kyle. I'm glad you dig it. Yeah, it's definitely a contender for album of the year already, which is it does say a lot considering it's only just the beginning of February now and they'll came out January first. So right yeah, congratulations. How has the response been so far? Is it what you've expected? Uh, I mean, it's just been great. It's it's it's. Uh, I'm surprised. Um, you know, my my our publicist who we've been working with since we were teenagers. Uh, I talked to him yesterday, and he was just like, you know, he said that. And he represents some ba- bands that are much bigger than our band, but he said he there's never been a, a a band or a release where he's still dealing with this volume of interviews uh, for me to do uh, this far out from the release. So he said by that metric alone, it's it's pro- it's one of the more successful releases he's seen. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's a funny, it's a weird time to release an album, but I'm super happy that we did it and we didn't. Um, we didn't sit around and sit on our record and, you know, um, we, we just, uh, I'm super proud of the way we handled this whole thing. We've ne- we haven't really had any time to sit there and feel sorry for ourselves about the whole pandemic situation because we've just pivoted and driven our, our, our ambitions in whatever available directions remain for us. Um, you know, making videos and, you know, basically alternative ways of promoting our record which has been as i said it's kept us really busy kept us out of trouble um but uh yeah i mean honestly i'm just so happy to see it going well but i mean i hate false humility i'm just gonna be i'll be honest with you i i'm i was pretty confident that people were gonna like the record um you know um i was i was feeling extremely confident in the material uh and uh you know, the only time though I was really doubting or I had any kind of um, uh, any, I guess, any doubt in my mind was when we were making the thing and coronavirus was really starting, or at least the restrictions and stuff. And our producer had to leave, and I had to do the vocals and the guitar by myself without a producer. I was kind of scared about, you know, not having that kind of veteran leadership on my side. But um, our producer was uh, John, who. Uh, John Goodmanson, who produced this album, and uh, he produced and mixed Master Volume and mixed Higher Power as well. So he's done every record with us in some capacity or another. But, I mean, he was just super calm, and he's just like, hey, man, look, I got to go, but, look, you got it all in your fingers. You can do this. And uh, as I said, we were tight as hell when we went in to make the record. So even though we didn't really have him there for the last half of it, um, um, that was the only time where I was like, I hope this thing, I hope I don't fuck it up, but... <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm really, really, the first time I heard the mixes back, like the, the basic mixes of all the raw tracks and stuff, I, I swear to God, I almost cried because uh, I was just so happy that, uh, that I didn't fuck it up. <laughs> really? What a feeling, eh? Taking care of that all on your own. So when he had to leave the studio, like, was he in contact with you guys via phone or like Zoom or whatever? Or was it completely just like, okay, guys, go? Yeah, well, we tried. I mean, so he got, we got done the drums and the bass before I had to take him to the airport because the border was closing. And, um, and so we set up the guitar amps and stuff. And um, he was just like, this is a good sound. This is a good sound. He just left me and the engineers. He just said like, Luke, you got this all on your fingers. Don't worry about it. Just like, don't make it too fucking shrill. 
don't make it too muddy. We'll be fine. Like you know what you're doing. And he he gave me a lot of confidence. So he was he was uh, he was super encouraging. Um, and then I did all the guitars in two days because they were closing the the studio. So they didn't like they're they're locking down Ontario. So I didn't really have any time to sit around and be like, well, maybe I'll use this guitar on this song or that thing. Like it was just it was as I said like the ultimate run and gun, get this thing done, no fucking around. Uh, uh, recording experience that I've ever had. Um, it was thoroughly exhausting. It was two 16-hour days, just me and the engineer. My wrist was seized up for like a week when we were done. Um, so oh it was, God. it was, it was the most beautiful and uh, uh, terrible musical experience I've ever had, like all in one. Um, but uh, after that, we did all the vocals from home and sent them out to him. But I mean, we are faced obviously with the the question of whether to pause and continue when we could with him or to just keep going with whatever means we had available. And obviously we, we chose the latter because um, I don't know, like it, my experience with recording is when things get paused, everything goes to shit. You need to maintain momentum when you're executing a, a big creative endeavor. And, uh, and so I was I was determined to get that thing done, even if I needed to use a fucking Tamagotchi to record the vocals. So, um, you know, it was uh, it was a hell of an experience. But at the same time, getting to focus on doing the vocals from home was like a really nice distraction from what was happening in the rest of the world at that time. And ha feeling like there was some kind of forward momentum happening in our lives, in our career, even though, as I said, the world was shutting down indefinitely. Um, and yeah, as I said, it, I think it just, it really instilled, uh, the band with a lot of confidence that we, as soon as we finished the record, we just immediately got to work on new material because there was nothing else to do. There was no tour to plan other than our like live, live stream tour and all that stuff. There was no, I find it really impossible to, to write on the road or really difficult most of the time. Cause I'm just focused on trying to give a good show and trying not to die. So there's not a whole lot of creative energy left at the end of the day. So being home and just finishing the record um, and just using that muscle that we had all ac acquired together writing and just going into the next thing has been, has been awesome. Um, so, I mean, I, this is a bit of a rambly response, but I will say that uh, yeah, that's at okay. the end of the day, like I, I wouldn't change a thing about it. It's been, it, it's been, it was really, it was crazy and, and super uh, flying by the edge of our, of our pants uh, for a while. But uh, I think we fucking delivered hard and uh, we just didn't even stop uh, after we did. So things have been great, you know? Yeah, for sure. You guys definitely did deliver, deliver, and it is something to be proud of for sure because the record came out great. Well, thank you, Kyle. I'm glad you dig it too. Yeah, no problem. So you were recording that album during the pandemic. Was that all written during the pandemic as well, or did you have songs written from before? Yeah, so it start like I mean, we started recording right before the pandemic shut everything down. Like we didn't know, we obviously didn't know everything was going to be shut down. Um, and then, as I said, like when we were six days in, then our producer had to go back to Seattle because that's when things were shutting down and it was getting really serious. So yeah, all the songs were written well before the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, not okay, well. Okay, so it was before, all putting together. But then. yeah, I mean, most of the songs were written in, in 2019. 
and then a couple of the songs were were written in 2020 but no i don't i i don't think i'm the kind of i i don't think i would ever really i haven't really been able to or felt at all inclined to uh, explore the pandemic or the, its effects in in my lyrics oh okay what about in this new music anything on that or is that something you just don't want to tackle not really it's just I, it's, it's not something that i'm consciously staying away from it's just like i i uh i don't know i just kind of write whatever i feel like writing about i don't really um and sometimes i don't really know what i'm writing about i just kind of start you know throwing some words over some over some a loud electric guitar and and then i kind of you know i kind of fill in the spaces in between with more words and um i i just kind of go where my i go where my guitar takes me most of the time um and i a lot of the time when it comes to words i'm just uh i'm just trying to mat i'm just trying to f- match the vibe or complement the vibe of what my electric guitar makes me feel um when i'm playing it so um sometimes i'll start with like a like a funny phrase or a line um that i heard or that some you know that i came up with or something that i find amusing or whatever but most of the time the music dictates everything for me the the kind of um the basic energy of not only my instrument, but I find it really helpful when, if I can bring some pieces, uh, even just pieces of lyrics and, um, you know, some riffs and stuff. And if we can all get in a groove, particularly if I can just get in a groove with Kyle, because he's been my, you know, music. We learned how to play our instruments together. We communicate basically with our instruments. Uh, and uh, if we can get in a sick groove, uh, together and and make each other laugh with what we're making, then that really helps dictate the lyrics that I'll write. Um, but um, the lyrics are the thing that I definitely tinker with the most up until I'm I'm done, and I kind of lose my mind over them from here. Uh, sometimes I lose my mind. It's it's inevitable that I'm gonna lose my mind at some point um, when we're making an album's worth of material. Um, but I just feel happy that um, that I get to choose the thing in my life that that drives me fucking nuts. Um, but if you're not trying your hardest uh, at your passion, then what the fuck are you doing? So, I mean, I, I don't ever regret losing my mind trying as hard as I can every time we do it. Exactly. And that's how it should be. And especially with something like lyrics and music in general. Yeah. It's more so something you have complete control over. So if you're going to release it, you got to make it perfect instead of just like shoving something out that's like half done or half ass saying, all right, I guess we need another album. There's enough half baked mediocre garbage out there. You know, it's like that's that's enough music that people released. We're like, I don't know. I guess it's it's a pretty good song. All that shit like. You know, I um, we're we're a rock and roll band, so I can't call myself a perfectionist, but I definitely am on the oh, like I'm on that I'm I'm on I'm, I'm probably on the spectrum of of the of of that of that kind of um, I just I just uh, um, yeah I I take the I I can't help but become obsessed with it and totally uh, engulfed in it and it it. That the reason why we're kind of dependent on a producer more or less is is I need somebody to rip me off of it, 
um, and say you're done, basically. In terms of um, um, the uh, yeah, the whole thing. But um, we produce ourselves really intensely, and um, you know that's as I said, the lion's share of our work together is just trying to work out every little thing in a song. Um, so that we love the arrangement of it um, in the jam space. And we've taken that too far, I think, at certain times where we kind of like became so anal about it that it just like it, it, it became not fun. And so sometimes you just have to like peel it all back and just kind of like just learn how to relax again. I think there's a there's a we, we, we're pretty good at finding a healthy balance, though, between like, you know, caring super intensely, but not like you know, pummeling the fucking song into into pulp, you know, um, and to the point where you hate it, which which happens sometimes when you when you're trying your hardest. It's a it's a delicate dance to have, you know, to like to really try your hardest, but to also not squeeze the life out of it, because at the end of the day, it's rock and roll. So, I mean, as I said, it's 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 kind of a there's a really healthy middle ground, though, I think that we that we usually are able to occupy and make work that uh we feel very strongly about and very confident in without and, and and falling short of ruining it for ourselves by working too hard on it if that makes sense you know yeah i totally get that it seems like you guys have uh found that middle ground that works for you guys and of course being the seasoned musicians you are now you've definitely grown over time i'm sure in your writing processes recording and even just playing live in general i guess for as a sure band. it's it's funny because like you know every single time you have to it seems like i have to relearn lessons for myself and everybody has to relearn their lessons and cer certain lessons but uh there's one thing that the, the funnest thing about the whole thing is that at the, is that no matter how many times you do it if you're working hard you'll stumble into some pasture of music together that you, none of you knew existed before and uh um it never it never loses its magic you know that like uh entering that new area together that you didn't uh, intend on going to um and so that's 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 always the those are the moments and the the the, the feelings that um that really, really sustain the whole thing. But more, most of it is, is those are just the highlights. Most of it's the unglamorous, very tradesman like approach of just, you know, you know, showing up with your tool belt every day and, and, and working on it. Right, right on. So I do want to dive a bit into the themes of the album as well. So from first glance, you check out the album art and you have a dog on there. Where did that come from? Whose dog is that? And what made you want to put that on the well, cover? Uh, so we did, we worked with a visual artist named Max Loeffler this time. And uh, he's a, obviously, as you can see, very talented visual artist. And he's, he's um, we, we found him on Instagram. He had done some, posters for some bands that we like so i got in contact with him and i you know him and i conceptualized what the album cover could look like he also designed our logo which we first debuted on the cover of fuck art um, the, the nil just the in the block letters but um anyways when we were talking originally about what the cover could look like originally i he was really I think thinking more of a continuation of what we did last time with our with the master volume imagery, this kind of dark, classic, you know, uh, uh, 
skull imagery, black, red, you know. It was it was more stuff in that vein. There was a more sinister undertone to everything. And neither of us, I think, were particularly super excited about what he was talking about. Um, both of us were like, yeah, I guess that could work. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm, that could be cool. And then one night he phoned me in the middle of the night and he's just like, Luke, he's like in his German accent, he's like, Luke, I know what we must do. Uh, what is more fuck art than a smiling golden retriever puppy? This is what we must do. And when he told me, when <laughs> when he kind of flipped the switch from like, you know, this sinister um, evil imagery to this super bright and optimistic visual, that's when fuck art made sense to me and really took on this new meaning of optimism and uh, celebration um, that I didn't feel before. And uh, it lost all of its kind of like is it's like grumpy uh, pessimism and just moved into this, as I said, this this powerful, happy statement. Um, and so long story short, uh, that's just an electronic painting that he made. Um, but um, yeah, that, that was Max's idea. Right on. Yeah, I definitely dig the art. And that kind of explains the next question I was going to ask, which is the album title, which I was wondering about. So I've gathered from what you've said, it's more so about kind of going against the grain of art and how like rock and roll is supposed to be so like dark and angry sometimes, especially with the heavier music. But now it's like, okay, fuck it. We're going to have like a smiling dog on the cover. So what else kind of brings meaning to the main fuck reason art. we called it that is just because is to is to make people smile basically it's uh, we're, we are trying to bring as much joy as possible um with our music and obviously we explore you know like any like any uh proper rock and roll we explore the darker sides of or aspects of life um you know addiction death you know, lots of things. But uh, at the same time, I think like our mission statement is to try and remind people that uh, it's it's beautiful to be alive. And so enjoy it while you've got your uh, 80 years or so and try not to take things too seriously, um, especially, you know, um, I think, you know, one of the things also that one of the reasons was because, you know, at a certain point, I think our band collectively got tired of rolling our eyes at this at, at music that just takes itself so seriously and like you know this is our this is our reaction and trolling of that um fuck art uh is hilarious and uh it's meant as i said it's meant to make people smile it's also a critique of uh you know as i said people that take themselves too seriously and their art as well so it's as i said it's meant to bring joy it's not meant to be a statement of pessimism or defeatism it's it's quite the opposite it's 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 a reminder that nothing really matters and that it's beautiful to be alive so don't worry too much right on that makes sense then yeah i totally understand where you're coming from in that end now i know we talked a bit about the lyrics um on this record but thematically what kind of was going through your head when writing these lyrics? Like, do you write more so from like a personal standpoint or do you write like say stories, like stories of fiction or is it more so just stuff you encounter day to day? But really to me, it's like, as I said, like I'm just searching for that feeling of um, 
it's like when I sit down and do a watercolor painting or something where I just, I know when it's done. I know when I've captured the feeling um, that I wanted to capture as much as I possibly could. And when it comes to lyrics, I'm super, I, I'm mindful of how words sound and the rhythm of words. And it's not something I've ever studied or anything like that. That's just how I think about words um, and writing them. And so I don't sit there and write out lyrics and try and put music to it. That's never something that I've ever done. It's, it's always um, trying to um, find words that I like the sounds of and I like the melody of. Um, but as I said, it's, 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 it's something that uh, I tinker with until I know it's done. But when it's done, I know it's done. I never, I never adjust them after that. It's, it's such a good, it, I'm always chasing that feeling of being like, fuck yeah, I nailed it. Like, uh, and I wouldn't, searching for that feeling of like I wouldn't change a single syllable of this song lyrically. Like, I love it. Um, that's the, the feeling that I, but that feeling eludes me for a long time for most songs. I have to just keep tweaking and keep, you know, and that's why I, I, I often depend on other people at a, past a certain point. Like, uh, you know, I depend on my bandmates or producer, usually for a couple songs when we're in the studio of just saying like, look, I have, I have, you know, I don't even know anymore the difference between this line and that line. I've just, you know, gone back and forth between them. What do you think, you know? And so some decisions are really, I lean on other people to, for their, you know, their two cents. But, you know, I, lyrics are something that I really, really work, uh, work hard on. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely uh, always find myself having the Dirty Nails lyrics stuck in my head day to day, especially nice. Doom Boy as of lately. Such a catchy song. Great song. Do you th kind of keep that in mind about writing catchy lyrics? Or is that something that's like, okay, I like this. It sounds good. I'm going to keep it this way. I'm sure I'll end up I being think catchy I, you know, I grew on. up listening to like pop music and FM music. And my mom listened to like women and songs. And my dad listened to you know, Johnny Cash and it's all just hooks, just hooks, 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 hooks. So I, I love hooks and I love writing a good hook, even if it's, you know, super distorted and angry and loud. Um, uh, hooks are, are the best part of music in my opinion. So, um, well, riffs are riffs? Hooks, my friend, uh, in my opinion, uh, they're all, they're all just part of, part of hooks, but, uh, or at least that's the way I think about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some songs, I mean, in terms of arrangements and stuff, sometimes, you know, that's why I like to, like, work on an album worth of songs rather than, like, one song at a time doing singles in the modern kind of trend. I, I still believe in making an album worth of songs because when you're making an album worth of songs, you make arrangement decisions based on what you what you've already had or what you have currently and what you're missing so sometimes like we have enough songs that are three three choruses and a bridge and two verses and like the standard sometimes we have enough of that and it's like okay well, let's do something fucking crazy with this song then or sometimes it's like well this song is so strong hook wise that we should find a way to um you know fit it more into a like into a more of a single uh format like doom boy was like that doom boy was long and had way more like slayer moves and stuff in it and it was cool but it like it just took fucking forever to get to the fucking singing 
So it was more like a like an early Metallica song or something, which is cool. But you know, I I I knew that that was a banger of a chorus, and I was like, what? I just I just you know thought of I just we just we just we just rearranged it so that it was more uh, that it didn't stand in the way of itself. Um, but then we have songs like "Hang Your Moon" and stuff where we just go off the deep end and do a bunch of crazy time changes and. Um, you know that's as i said that's why i like doing an album worth of tunes at the same time because then you can you can kind of um you view the whole thing as one piece of work you know um and um yeah that's uh i hope that answers your question in terms of like you know how decisions get made about um hooks and stuff Yeah, for sure. And another thing um, which you've touched on with a couple of songs you're referencing is kind of the process of picking the singles from the album that you release. So Doom Boy, Blend Force Concussion, Done With Drugs, and uh, One More in the Bill. So what kind of went through your minds when picking the singles you wanted to release well, we for the album? Well, we have certainly a team that, you know, chips in or at least contributes opinions. And we have a radio team and a manager and so and label so you know it is part of a greater conversation ultimately at the end of the day it's our decision but um you know we we've we've definitely learned to um work we, we have a very good working relationship with as i said these these members of our team so um but you know when we uh when we're doing demos and stuff we we certainly already kind of include these people in the conversation about like well this could be a single this could be a single and um you know, I don't like to hear those opinions too often until we're done making an album because I just don't want to like I don't fucking care about anybody else's opinion, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't want that like in, like uh, um, uh, I don't want that uh, standing in the way of how I would like to finish this song or see its ultimate conclusion. I don't want to have to think about, um, you know well, maybe for FM radio it would be better if you did this. I don't, I don't fucking care. Like, I, I would rather just do it our way and then see what we've got and then, you know, make decisions based on that rather than crafting our songs so that they're potentially more successful, if that makes sense, according to someone else. Even though I love our team and I love everyone on our team and, and what they have to say, but, you know, they, we, have, we, have a, we have a relationship with them now where, you know, we, we finish our record and we show it to them, and then they tell us what they think is the the best way to go. But we val we value their we we just go with whatever they think basically in terms of singles. Um, that's 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 we we leave that up to them. They're the they're the professionals, and they've uh, they've done a kick ass job with it so far. I mean, it's crazy to me still that our band is on the radio uh, at this point. I never thought that that would happen. Um, you know, we had so many so many times where it seemed like it might happen, but then something would fuck it up. Like, I mean, we had this song 10 years ago called Fuck It Up Young, and it, you know, everyone's just like, this is a perfect, you know, rock radio banger, except it's got too much swearing in it. It's got, you can't put this on the radio. And it was like, okay, well, that sucks, because it was the mo clearly the best, most radio-friendly song that we had ever made, um, but it was just doomed uh, in terms of that any kind of, radio exposure or anything like that because of its lyrics um 
but um that i mean after that then we kind of like got really noisy and loud for about five years yeah uh, much noisier and much louder and then with master volume we kind of got to a place where we were starting to meet radio halfway in the middle and we had a very aggressive and energetic radio team that believed in us and believed in what we're doing so you know we've been able to establish a a foothold at radio because of them and so that's that's super cool i I never thought that that like you know music is aggressive and um uh, that doesn't involve, you know, Swedish songwriters and all that bullshit uh, could be on the radio. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, anything's anything's possible for sure. And it's great that a band of kind of your sound is getting airplay on the radio, not only the radio. Uh, a couple, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, you guys were on yeah, the, uh, the Leafs game. in some strange places. That's, that's, that's for sure. It's been, it's been really nice. I mean, it's... The, Ma- yeah. the Masters, uh, Mercedes uh, used one of our songs for a car commercial, which is hilarious. Uh, but um, no, it's just, I mean, it, it's great. It's like, I, I'm so happy that any, that, that our music with all of its feedback and, and personality is um, being accepted by these traditionally extremely conservative institutions. For sure. And uh, something else that I thought about in regards to your band's kind of size, I guess, is do you guys still consider yourself like more so like maybe like a smaller like indie band? Or do you think that getting maybe radio airplay, TV airplay and uh, with shows coming back whenever they do that, you guys would kind of make that step? into kind of like the next realm of the music industry? that's that's, That's a good question. I mean, in general, there's very few aspects of this whole thing that feel all that different from when, you know, I think back 10 years and when we were 20 years old doing this, uh, it's it because things progress is so slow and steady that you almost don't even feel it. It's just like all of a sudden I don't have to work at Starbucks anymore, which is sick. Um, but, um, because I was terrible at, at working at Starbucks. So, uh it's 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 such an incremental thing that there's not like a there's not like a a, ever a day where it's like you know we've crossed this big thing there's certainly like checkpoints i will say where you're just like well that's that's a first you know when we won a juno that was really cool um when we played with the who that was really cool um when we started you know selling out shows across north america that was really cool that happened pretty quickly actually um uh or um not pretty quickly i mean it took five five or six years of touring north america really hard to start you know getting a following um a a decent following um but uh all of these things have just been nice little check marks but as soon as you kind of grab a new rung on the ladder you're eyeing six rungs up you know so there's uh it's all it's all it's all relative but um we are certainly very fortunate uh to be in the position that we're in and um i think that uh, i feel very confident and uh and fortunate that we have the team that we have too around us um uh you know it's i think that this is this is a tough time right now for any band but um it's certainly i i i 
I I'm very lucky that we have the infrastructure that we have around us to kind of sustain us through this whole thing. Um, I think it, I I would I I I have a lot of sympathy for bands that are just trying to get it going right now. You know. Yeah, I can definitely tell that you guys kind of have a good team surrounded. Sorry, you have a you guys have a good team right now that you're working with and uh, great people to surround yourselves with during this time. And uh, you guys are keeping busy during this time as well. Like, you, I know you guys just released that album, but even aside from that, you guys are quite engaging on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and whatnot with your fans, with your Q&As, even with your live streams you've been doing as well. And I find it cool that you guys have that Patreon uh, where you're actually kind of showing some exclusive content to fans. So like the making of the album, for example, or like how to play certain songs. I think that's a really cool and engaging way to kind of make use of this yeah, time while you're yeah, at home. I, I think that um, um, I'll say that, you know, sleeping on floors for as many years as we have certainly instilled us with a very, uh, humble attitude when it comes to uh just as i said putting in a daily effort every single day to see what we can do because for so long we would just play these shows to no one and just be you know have no money on the road and be in like arkansas and just like you know just playing for no one and uh just trying so hard but nobody was paying no one would even show up or pay attention so i think that now that we have um, very luckily and fortunately amassed the fan base that we have. Um, we are so grateful because we know what it's like so, so well to not have one that uh, we're just, uh, we want to water those plants um, and take care of them um, with every, every opportunity we have. It's also like, you know, it's just, I think also touring pre prepares you for the mentality that like you're in prison so you can't really do what you want to do. You're stuck in a in a in a, in a metal box that's hurtling across North America or Europe or whatever all day, and so you kind of have to like work when you can and try and find, uh, you know, try and try and you know you you work out or you try and write some lyrics down or like you know do some interviews. That touring touring prepares you for, or at, le at least has prepared me for this whole thing now because. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you, it's, 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 uh, as I said, you get used to just like not being able to really do what you want. So having these kind of privations that we have right now, um, I think we found it pretty, pretty simple to just pivot and, um, just redirect our energies elsewhere. Also, to be honest with you, Kyle, it's fucking awesome to be home. I, I, I haven't been home for more than two months since I was 22 years old. So it's like, it's really great. I spent all my 20s touring and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, but I am uh, enjoying the opposite of that and being at home and learning how to fucking fry an egg and, you know, getting decent sleep, and <laughs> writing music and staying, you know, uh, you know, just, just uh, getting to do these things that, you know, you fantasize about, um, when you're on tour perpetually you're like 
whenever you, when you're on tour perpetually, you, you all the only thing that you keep thinking in your mind and that you talk about with everyone on tour is like, when I get home, I'm gonna get my shit together. You know, I'm gonna pay off my credit card bill. I'm gonna start eating kale and all that. You know, it's like all bullshit. But it's like it's it's the fantasy that sustains <laughs> you throughout the tour. And now it's just like now we're at home and we can actually incorporate some of those things. And I don't know if I've ever seen our band in, like collectively as happy as everyone is right now. Like everyone's really happy and we're working hard and uh, we got tons and tons of stuff up our sleeve and tons coming down the pipe. But uh, yeah, everyone's happy as hell because, um, you know, we've toured so fucking hard that this is like, this is not, I, I mean, of course I miss playing shows, of course, but um, um, am I complaining about being able to go to sleep when I want to and, as I said, not eat gas station food and um, not be, like, sick all the time? And No, it, it's, it's, it's great. I'm really enjoying this. Wow, that's uh, I haven't really heard that take yet about being that happy to be home. But I do understand since you guys were um, quite heavily on the road, it's good to definitely take some time off and just have sort of like a semi-normal life at this time uh, in the lockdown. But uh, do you think this has been a long enough period for you guys staying off the road and you guys are like, all right, okay, when, when is this ending so we can go back on the road? Or are you kind of like, oh, I can ride it out another You know, year, I, I, year I don't think there's half. ever been, it's it's funny because like the th- it, it'll t- it takes like a beer or two for Kyle and, and I and Ross when we're together to actually start admitting our true feelings about touring. Like when we're, mo- mo- there's, there's definitely like a very macho attitude of like, I would just be on the road forever if I could, you know, but like you have a beer or two, it's like, I love and being at home. Um, so... You know, I'll say that like basically two or three months into the whole, like a month into the pandemic, everyone was like, I just want to play a fucking show. That's how everyone felt. That's how our own still feels. Um, So I'm I think that for us, it's just like if somebody said, hey, we're planning a tour for you to go to Europe in two weeks, I'd be like, great. Like, I'll pack my bag right now. That's fucking awesome. But um I think that this whole thing has is like a nice reminder of the fact that like, you know, it's not like you kind of just have to be, you kind of just have to be able to roll with whatever comes at you. Like it's, it's a better attitude to adapt or adopt for life rather than trying to make meticulous plans for everything. You kind of just have to stay open ended and have different kinds of flexible plans to respond to what life throws at you. And, uh, for us, I mean, like, we've got tons of plans right now, but they're all super flexible if things open up. But, you know, if things don't open up for a while, we're still going to be busy as fuck. Um, so, I mean, I know that's not ex- an exact answer to your question, but, you know, we, I, I, I could, I, I really want to get back out there and play for people, but I'm going to be busy either way, even if I can't for a little while. Okay. So these plans that you talk about, um, are they, are they touring plans? Like if everything opens up and that are flexible in regards to like being canceled or pushed back, or is that some other stuff that you kind of can't talk about? You know, we have, uh, 
Um, we have, as I said, we have plans that if we ha if we can't go tour, we we have a full schedule basically. And if we can tour, I'm sure we'll be back. And you know, we our agents are on standby for as soon as we can get booked. And um, that's all I mean by kind of flexible plans. But um, um, yeah, if we stay home, we'll, we'll do another live stream tour. We'll start demoing again. Um, you know. More, make some more music videos keep making content for our patreon and you know the rest of our social media accounts um if we can tour then we'll do that stuff plus touring basically that, that's all i mean by flexible okay so whenever touring does come back do you guys have any um any cities any countries in mind to bring fuck art on tour with um you know i'd love to do a full headlining north american tour that would be awesome as well as europe i really want to go back to australia never been to japan so i'd love to go there um yeah i mean honestly i i'd love to just go anywhere that would have us you know and uh that's it yeah i i can't wait i i i really i gotta say the place i look forward to going the most though is is the united states oh yeah how's your fan base grown in the united states because i know i hear stories of canadian bands struggling like at the start just building a fan base in the states i guess depending on like the band and the genre as well i guess but how has it been like a canadian band touring the states a bunch of times like yourself well and i think you how know, have you guys grown it's hard for canadian bands to make it in the states and that's certainly true it's it's but it's also hard for american bands to make it in the united states it's uh it's uh it's a tough place it's basically like a continent all to itself um it's uh it's it's just it's very most band like it's very easy for a band to get devoured by the vastness of it um and the apathy um and the competition of the united states but you know we toured super hard uh for six or seven years down there um uh, so far we started going in 2013 and by you know we toured really hard through 2013 really hard 2014 really hard in 2015 and 2016 and uh by 2017 2018 we had basically amassed you know a good following all around the united states it took i would say it took 10 full us tours so that by that i mean 10 2 month us tours to get uh, the following that we have in the United States currently. So, uh, you know, and, you know, I'm not saying that's that I'm not saying that another band would take that long or would even, or on the other hand, another band might not even have what we have after 10 tours, but um, that's what we've basically done. Um, but uh, it's, it's just tough down there, but uh, I'm super, I feel extremely fulfilled uh having an american fan base because you know growing up and being indoctrinated into the mythology of rock and roll america was a central part of that to me and nothing that happens really in the world will detract me from that um that kind of that that feeling um i obviously that's not to say that i don't love playing in canada of course i do i love playing especially on the coast the prairies have some of the best most gnarly uh mosh pits ever love them we have not been to the east coast nearly enough we've only been about two or three times so we've got to go back there 
and you know europe is europe has the best uh backstage catering in the world and uh germany has the best beer so i mean you can't really lose uh in my opinion you know it's 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 fu it's fucking awesome everywhere uh for at, at this point for us i have i have a good time wherever we go For sure, yeah, especially with all those countries you're able to go and actually play to fans every night. Yeah, it must be a good feeling, and it's kind of like, all right, you must be itching to just, like, kind of get out there again and just go through all these countries, go see these fans and these cities you haven't seen in a while now and yeah, exactly. kind of promote the new album out there. So when touring actually, like, starts up again, or even shows in general – do you think you guys would be kind of playing shows locally in Ontario first, or would you kind of just move on to straight up like touring, like maybe Canada or like wait the, until you can like do like a full North American run? There's not going to be some big giant moment. I think there's probably going to be some limited capacity shows very locally. and It's going to open up very slowly, like a thawing ice cube, you know? I think that's how it's going to go. It's going to be a while before I think we get rip-roaring into a full North American tour, but I think there's going to be a lot of baby steps along the way. Right on. Um, now, the last question I have for you just is, uh, with all the success the Dirty Nell has had through the years, through you guys growing the band, what are the goals that you haven't actually met yet that you're looking to achieve uh, with Fuck Art or with any music question. in the future? question. I mean... In general, it's to just keep revisiting and occupying that fucking realm of pure freedom that comes with bashing out beautiful noise with your friends, as cheesy as that sounds. That's that's what drives me, is to occupy that same feeling and and, and place that feels like religion or a religious experience where you're as I said, you're you're participating in something that is beyond the control of any individual. It's it's a, it's a whack of noise that you're all making together, and time seems to kind of stop. Um, that's what that's what I'm chasing, um, and uh, you know, there's also you know s smaller, more. I don't really have like smaller quantifiable. Um, uh, goals particularly like I'm not like okay well I really want to be able to have play for X amount of people the next time we'll come here I, I find that you kind of have to have a flexible uh, set of goals uh, that are that are that are uh, that are not too calcified because the whole thing unfolds in a way that you can't predict as your whole career and your life and everything but um, you know my my goal is to just keep making the music that i'm super proud of um and uh that's about it and make it with my friends and uh you know that 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 uh it's, i know it's a little cheesy but uh that, those are my those are my honest and sincere goals i i do want of course to reach the most amount of people possible um and to grow our little you know high school garage band into the biggest thing it can possibly be but my that's that's secondary to me uh versus um versus making music that that makes me feel like i'm just like 16 years old again in my parents basement 
blasting away until my parents uh, flip the switch on the circuit breaker because it's too shitty and loud. That's the feeling that I'm still chasing right now. Awesome. No, I love that. That was, that was a great answer to that question. Now to end off the interview, is there anything else that you um, want to let the people know? I would say, uh, you know, um, we're going to get through this together, guys. I know everyone's probably saying that shit, but, you know, st- try and stay positive as much as you can. Um, I would say that uh, I can't wait to play for as for 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 our friends and our fans as soon as we can can and i can't wait to go to some shows myself of course take part in the uh church that is rock and roll and um yeah all all i'm saying is um stay positive keep working um and limit your time on the fucking internet because it's evil that that's those are my parting sentiments (laughs) 